looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. What up? Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh, gnarly! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. I'm surrounded by assholes. And good evening, friends! I'll tell you what's up. Based out of Atlantic City, New Jersey, Geek Time Entertainment runs exclusively along with different events in the area to strategize with their partners who will benefit with increased exposure and patron traffic. Geek Time Entertainment will work with your event in increasing the event's traffic via social media, radio, and storefront advertisements. Holy cow! Also, they will help increase business for your company and event with different sales incentives. Duh. Whether your event will be small or even mid-scale, Geek Time Entertainment is the group to work with. That's what I'm talking about. Contact them today at geektimeentertainment at gmail.com or facebook.com backslash geektimeentertainment. Oh my god, who the hell cares? With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jeff! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out to contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com. Or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about. Hi, I'm Pat Williams of the Orlando Magic. Just a reminder, you're listening to the dulcet voices. Oh boy, crazy train radio. There's nothing like it. As advertised, a couple days late due to some my health issues and whatnot, but we all good now. On the phone, I definitely would say this gentleman is basketball royalty on the front office side of things. He's got just about 50 years in the game of basketball, but he has a background in baseball. 
as well. He is the pride of Bloomington, Delaware, as he graduated from Tower High School. Mr. Pat Williams. Pat, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? Uh, another day. Can't complain. Nobody listens anyway. But if folks aren't familiar with it, yes, we said he's the pride of Wilmington and all, but he is the senior vice president, and he is one of the guys who helped bring the Orlando magic to Orlando. So even at this point, this far into being involved with basketball, you're still keeping pretty busy, aren't you? Oh, I've got plenty on my platter, that's for sure, between my involvement with the Orlando Magic and uh, my speaking career, yes, uh, the books and that I write, and, uh, yes. <laughs> and everything else that goes with it. Yeah, I've got a full life. There's no question about it. Yeah, and obviously the book that was brought to my attention was came out, I believe, in February. It was called The Success Intersection. But Pat has written somewhere around the number of 84, 85 books, correct? Uh, 107. Jonathan, 107. 107. I've got a couple of books coming this winter, and that'll bring the total to 107. Uh, don't ask me how all that happened, but uh, that's where we are <laughs> in, the, in the book world. Yeah, I'd say one word at a time and one sentence at a time, but we won't go there. <laughs> but... Uh, Obviously, uh, like you said, he also does public speaking, motivational speaking, so he keeps his, he's definitely got a full plate. The first question for you, sir, is how are you, how is things health-wise? Because we know a couple of years ago you had the cancer diagnosis and everything like that. Now, seven years ago, I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. Uh, I'd never heard of it, but it's uh, it's a blood cancer. And uh, fairly rare, but uh, that's what I I had, and they diagnosed it quickly. Uh, I've been in treatment ever since, and I'm doing well, thank you. The the reports are all positive. The doctors are telling me that they don't see any signs of it, and I feel good. My energy level is good, and I'm, I'm able to keep my full schedule. So we've made a lot of progress in these seven years, and uh I'm optimistic about our future as well. So thanks for asking, and uh, I'm, I'm coming along really well. Thanks. Good. Now, how, i got to ask, because you said all the results are doing great and well and whatnot, and we know people, obviously, along the different beats of life who've dealt with cancer. Some win, some lose their battle and whatnot. But how often do you get checks because you said it's a rare form of cancer that you had? Well, it, um, earlier I was getting checked several times a week, but now uh, I see the doctor just every three months. And uh, so that's four times a year that they check on me, uh, which uh, is good news. Uh, that, that means that uh, they're, they're not overly concerned, uh, and, and each time I go in now every three months, the, the reports remain positive. So uh, every, everything is checking out very, very well at this point in my life. And that's all we can ask for. Now, I want to start off because probably, at least from the an outsider looking in, and especially because you were born in Wilmington and grew up in the Philadelphia region, would you say the 83 championship was probably your most uh, proud achievement as far as the basketball career? On the oh, 
I would have to say that. That and the founding of the Orlando Magic as an expansion team, those would uh, probably be the two highlights. Uh, We had worked so hard uh, to bring that championship to Philadelphia. We started, you know, really with the acquisition of Julius Irving in 1976. We we got to the finals a good number of times, and we just could not get over the hump. And then finally, uh, the 82-83 season was our uh, magical year. Uh, Moses Malone, of course, had come, and uh, the rest of that group was in their prime. And we had a uh, just a Cinderella season. It was an amazing year. And uh, then the playoffs came, and we worked our way through them and then uh, beat the Lakers in the finals. It was a, a very special moment and uh, meant a lot then. It, <clears throat> I think it still means an awful lot now. Uh, to the city of Philadelphia and surrounding regions. That 83 championship, uh, you know, has uh, brought back a lot of memories and uh, is a highlight for our time there in Philadelphia. Yeah, because uh, you spent 14, 15 years as the GM in Philadelphia. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, I'm going to give it all info here again. Uh, Pat has also worked with Chicago for the Bulls, Atlanta Hawks, and as he uh, stated, uh, was one of the guys to help bring the Orlando Magic into town. But I'm curious to know, because you said of being a proud moment bringing the Magic to Orlando, how, and I don't think people realize it, but how extensive is this process in terms of when you want to bring an expansion team, especially to a smaller market, I would say, like Orlando? Well, as I look back, uh, 31 years ago, uh, the odds probably were not great uh, for Orlando to get a team. This was a s- small southern city, uh, a far cry from what Orlando is today. Uh, there was no history of professional sports here. Uh, there was no arena to play in at the time when we started. And uh, we had a big job, uh, first of all, selling the community here uh, that this could be done. Then came the other big job of selling the NBA office and the other owners in the league uh, that Orlando would be a um, major contributor to the health of the league. It would be a good addition. Uh, That was another selling job. Uh, So it was an awful lot of work and a lot of, obstacles to overcome, but in April of 1987, after 10 months of intense effort, uh, the NBA announced that they were going to add four new teams. All four of us who were fighting to get an expansion team, they took all of us. That was a great moment, and uh, we started our first season in the fall of 1989, which gave us time to get our arena built and get 10,000 season tickets in place, uh, get our staff hired, get ready for the first drafts. And, uh, gosh, we're now in our 28th season uh, as an active team. So uh, I often think, where did all the years go? But I I do have wonderful memories of, of those early days when we were working and fighting hard to bring in a, an expansion team here to Central Florida. Yeah, well, that's like you said, there's just so much that went into it with the sales jobs and everything. But 
when you get the green light from the, and I'm sure the process may or may not have changed somewhat uh, with expansion teams, but the league says, okay, we're going to go with this. The, you know, the team owners vote it. You know, get the green light to go. What, what do you look at? Do you look at get the building, or is it let's get some staff together, or are we looking at season tickets? Like, there's so many different angles to look at. You know, what do you think was most important to look at? Well, we felt from the beginning that if we could demonstrate there was great interest here, uh, that would be an eye-opener to the league. And so in June of 1986, uh, we began pushing hard to get a, a $100 deposits uh, per ticket uh, for season tickets uh, based on us getting the team. And uh, over that period, we were successful. Uh, we went to the league meetings in the fall of 86, uh, stating that we had deposits on 14,000 season tickets. Uh, that got their attention, by the way. Uh, that was a huge number for a smaller community like Orlando. And uh, I think that was a, a real eye-opener. Uh, later on, the league said that they uh, wanted uh, those 14,000 deposits con converted to full-season tickets with an assigned location, and they wanted 10,000 of them done before they would admit us. And so that uh, became the next step, and we, we were able to do that. Uh, that was a huge number, by the way, yeah. uh, back in the day. There were very, very few franchises that could claim that many season tickets. That uh, really got their attention. But uh, we were able to do that, and that that was a... A, a very, very big major part of this whole thing. Exactly. Especially if you look at the time, the sport, uh, at least on the pro side, that there was, how do I put this? You know, I guess you were just at that point in, you know, 85, 86, 87 there when you're starting this process. Just really start to, I guess, as a sport and league-wise, come back into uh, prominition, I guess, would be the word if I, I'm thinking of the right thing. But you had rivalries such as, you know, Magic versus Bird, uh, a young guy, some guy named Michael Jordan from Chicago, I don't know, who would go on to such success. But, you know, it was definitely an interesting story with the Magic there, going like that. Well, the league has grown so much since then. It's become a worldwide sport, uh, tremendous coverage in, in most of the nations on earth. Uh, this year, there are 108 ball players in the league from other countries. Uh, so we have definitely become a, a true international uh, endeavor, and, and that's going to keep growing. So the NBA today is a is is a far cry from when we started uh, 30 years ago. It's just become an enormous endeavor, and uh, I like to think that the addition to, of the teams in Florida, Miami, and and Orlando, I, I like to think that that's uh, been a great value to the league. It opened up a a huge market here in a in a in a state of a big population and brought the game further south. Uh, I, I think the two Florida franchises have uh, brought a lot to the league. Yeah, so obviously with that description there, you would, I guess you would uh, state that the, pot, or the uh, 
state of the league is all positive then, huh? Well, that's my feeling. Oh, sure, sure, the league, all, all sports leagues have issues, but uh, our league is very healthy right now. The, the teams are doing, doing well. The, the value of franchises is just um, unbelievable. Uh, when you've got teams being sold for two, uh, two plus billion dollars, uh, we came into the league and the fee was 32.5 million. Uh, that was the cost to get in. Uh, today, as I said, franchises, a couple of them have sold for two billion. Yeah. So, so, the, so the value of these teams is enormous, and uh, that continues to grow. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, there, Pat, uh, I mentioned that you had come over from baseball. So, can you talk a little bit about the transition from professional baseball to going into a basketball front office? My roots are in baseball. I uh, I was a catcher at Wake Forest for four years, and then I signed with the Phillies uh, upon my graduation. I spent two years as a minor league catcher in the Phillies organization, uh, at which point uh, it was obvious I was not going to be a big league catcher. But uh, the Phillies saw a potential for me in the front office, and I spent five years uh, operating minor league ball clubs for the Phillies. And, and it looked like my uh, life and my career was uh, directed in, 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 into baseball, and uh, it would have been interesting to see what happened. But uh, in the middle of my uh, fourth year in Spartanburg, running the Phillies club there, I got a phone call uh, out of a clear blue sky uh, from Dr. Jack Ramsey, who at that point was the general manager of the 76ers. He was about to become the coach as well. And he needed somebody to run his front office in his absence as a coach. And he called. Uh, I had never met Jack. We didn't know each other. Uh, I was 28 years old. Uh, he asked me to come and speak with him in Philadelphia, and I did. I made two trips up there, and they offered me the job as the business manager, which really meant uh, running the day-to-day operation uh, because Jack was going to be a full-time coach. Uh, that opportunity had never presented itself in baseball, and so I took it, uh, little realizing that that would lead to a 50-year career uh, in the NBA. Uh, I was 28 years old when I started, and uh, I'll be 78 uh, next year. So uh, I think if my math is right, that's 50 years. Yes, sir. And, I, think uh, so. I, I, I didn't. I never would have seen that coming. So the so the seventy uh, six er offer came out of a clear blue sky as far as I was concerned, but it's been a good run for me. I've I've had uh, uh, wonderful experiences, uh, great memories, lots of terrific people that I've encountered, and uh, that's that's a quick summary of what happened. Now you mentioned legendary figure within basketball, Jack Ramsey, there in calling you up out of the clear blue sky. Did Jack ever tell you? How they said, let's give Pat Williams a shot, since he said it was out of nowhere at front of all. I once asked Jack uh, about that, and all he said was, uh, there was a lot more known about you in Philadelphia than you might have thought. Uh, well, I was, I was uh, uh, a part of the Phillies organization, and I, I was running minor league teams with a lot of hoop-de-doop and flamboyance, and 
some major coverage from time to time in the Philadelphia media. Uh, I think that's what Jack meant, uh, that uh, because I was uh, with the Phillies uh, club and Philadelphia ties, that Jack said there was a lot more known about me. I, I guess that's how he first had picked up vibrations, you know, that I might be worth pursuing. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. And when you think about that, that is true, especially in that region. It's they people are a lot more tuned in than most people realize. You know, besides, unfortunately, some of their reputation, which some a lot of it's false. But the the people in the, or I should say, the sports minds in Philadelphia are real tuned in with things. That's for sure. Well, that's for sure. And I remember uh, a, a great, great sports writer by the name of Sandy Grady uh, came to Spartanburg, where I was, and spent a day with me and ended up writing a column, you know, that ran in the Philadelphia paper, uh, you know, probably a day or two later. Uh, and there were some other uh, instances when uh, uh, we got some press in Philadelphia as well. So uh, I think that's what Jack Ramsey was referring to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but since you've been going on the 50 years within the business side of the NBA and just in general, is there anything, or tri- whether it be traditions or anything on the business side that has really fallen to the wayside? Oh, I, all I can tell you is that we have become such a huge business endeavor. For example, uh, when I got to Philadelphia uh, initially 50, 50 years ago, we had, I think, about, oh, probably six people, maybe seven in our front office. Uh, today, our magic staff is about 250. Uh, I think that says a lot. You know about about the size of these organizations now and what it takes to keep them all operating. Uh, when I first started, the league office in New York uh, had, I think, uh, four or five employees, including the commissioner. Yeah. Uh, today, they have about two thousand people around the world. So I think that says something about the growth of the sport and the size of it and the magnitude of it. Uh, the impact that it's having, I, I think that uh, says a lot. Well, for folks that don't realize, you are considered a Hall of Famer because you want back in 2012, you got the Lifetime Achievement Award, which is actually the John Benna Award at the Naismith Hall of Fame. What does something like that mean to you, I guess, you, your kids, your Ex-wife, you know, there's, there's got to be some sort of, I, I don't know how to describe that emotion. What's that like for you and uh, family members? Well, I remember getting the phone call initially with that news, and uh, boy, that was that was a shocker. I, I was not even aware, frankly, of, of what the John Bunn Award was. It was named after a legendary basketball coach, and it went to somebody who had spent a lifetime and had made contributions to the sport uh i was uh i was quite staggered frankly and then to to go to the ceremony and uh receive that award and have an opportunity to 
to speak briefly. Uh, yeah, that was an enormous highlight of my career. Uh, and uh, I, I still have that, that award that they gave me. I, I get to look at it. It's here in the house. Uh, I get to look at it, and it brings back a lot of wonderful memories. Well, my final question for you, Pat, is, you know, in all your time in professional sports, mostly in basketball, you've dealt with so many great players, either playing for you, playing against you. You've seen a lot of basketball. You've seen guys like Charles Barkley help bring in the Philly. Moses, Dr. J., Shaq and Dwight down there in Orlando. You've seen Michael, of course. Is there anybody that you can pinpoint that's probably one of the greatest to play the game? Well, that's a great question. Uh, Michael heads the list, obviously. I think LeBron James will end up very, very high on that list. Uh, you know, you can't overlook Magic and uh, Larry Bird and, you know, so many of these great players that I've been privileged to get to know and, and see them in action. And then I've been uh, uh, very, very honored to, to have uh, some great, great players uh, that I've been part of it with their teams, you know, from Chet Walker and Bob Love and Jerry Sloan in uh, Chicago to the great Pete Maravich in Atlanta. Uh, then you get to Philadelphia with Billy Cunningham and Julius Irving and uh, Maurice Cheeks and Andrew Toney and uh, Bobby Jones, and down here we ended up with Shaq and Penny Hardaway and uh, Tracy McGrady and, uh, you know, all all Hall of Famers. So uh, that, that's a great, uh, great treat for me to think back to those wonderful guys. That you've dealt, been able to deal with so many great guys along the way. That is for sure. Uh, if folks want to check out past books or find out about his motivational speaking and just everything about the, this gentleman. PatWilliams.com. You can also check him out, Pat Williams, on Facebook. they got a page there. Get all the links from the website. Pat, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Good to talk to you as well, and I'm glad you mentioned that book that is my most recent. It's called The Success Intersection. <laughs> I think people will enjoy that, and Amazon.com, always a wonderful way to order books. I use my Prime account. Thanks for calling. Good to chat with you. Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from peewee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. there in Radio Land. This is Amanda Verse, and you are listening to Crazy Train Radio. Love and marriage, love and
and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. This I tell you, brother.